about the construction of the Mishkan. There's a Torah from Rav Tzadok. Rav Tzadok speaks in a number of places about the idea that you can't really have something, this is found already in the Gemara, it's based on the Gemara in Masech Shabbos, on Daf Ein Zayin, that it's not possible to have something holy without something unholy. That there's no Nahora without Chashucha. It's not a possibility of having light without darkness first. That in order for something to be considered pure and holy, <clears throat> there needs to be the possibility of Tumma. Just this morning, we had the great privilege in morning seder to learn a piece based on the Gemara and Brachos from Rav Salvechik. Rav Salvechik explained but a person can't make the bracha of Bore Morei Ha'esh on Motzei Shabbos on a candle that was under the auspices of a non-Jew over Shabbos because the fact that there's no possibility of violating Shabbos means that the light of that candle on Motzei Shabbos can't shine with the light of Malachas Heter because there's no such thing as Malachas Avera by a non-Jew. And that's true in all areas of light. That's uh, the statement that is, again, begins with the Gemara and Shabbos, but it's found in the Zohar in a number of places, that there's no such thing as Nahura, there's no such thing as light, except something that emanates from darkness. And the construction of the Mishkan, although it's a Machlokas in the Rishonim, 
about exactly the order of events because there's no proper order in the Torah because the Torah is something which is beyond time. It eschews the regular way of living within an ordered reality. There's a beginning and a middle and an end. The Torah is something way beyond that. And so from the perspective, at least one very clear perspective in Chazal, the, the Mishkan is a reaction to the Chet Ego, which we haven't read about yet. It's a reaction to the, reins, the reinstitution of death after Matan Torah. Charus al-Aluchus, Chazal say, Charus al-Aluchus is Oshna of Chairus, Chairus from the Malcham Avas, that we return to the state of Adam Rishon Priyetzadas, where we were freed from the curse of death. Except that by Matan Torah, the fact that there was this immediate descending into the place of the Chet HaEgel necessitated the, that we couldn't have this possibility of a shachanti besocham, besochko echad be'echad, that originally Hashem's Shechina was supposed to dwell inside of every single individual person. But then, there seems to be a reaction to that, which is the building of the place of the Mishkan, so that there could be a place where Hashem Kivyochel is, and a place where Hashem Kivyochel isn't, or at least the perception of such a thing. We have different machanos. There's a machana of the Shechina, there's the machana Leviya, and there's the machana Yisrael, and Hashem is in all those places. I received the tradition through one of my friends and mentors, Rabbi Yoshua Gerzi, that he received from his teacher. You know, he told me one time that he was trying to teach his children how to, <clears throat> how to bench. You know, for a while he was trying to teach his younger children how to bench, and every time it was time for benching, you know, they couldn't get the words right, or they didn't want to participate or whatever, and then he said, all of a sudden, whenever like they were in the bath, you know, completely not clothed and in a bathroom, all of a sudden, like, the whole benching would always come out, you know. <laughs> so he said he was bothered by this, so he asked several tzaddikim about what's the appropriate way to be mechanech one's children in such a scenario, like... And the answer that he gave was, on the one hand, very startling, but on the other hand, was absolutely clear. He said that he was told that he should leave them alone because... The whole Indian, which is one of the big, if, if you've ever studied the Sefer Nefesh Chaim, one of the big things that the Nefesh Chaim was worried about in terms of the, the dark Echasidus is that if we speak so openly about this language of the Zohar, that Leis Atar Panoimine, there's no place which is devoid of Hashem's presence. If Leis Atar Panoimine, then Hashem Kivyachal, does that mean that Hashem is in disgusting things? Hashem is in forbidden things? He was worried about this, and there was no shortage of examples of false messiahs that he could draw from that tried to build an entire way of looking at the world, Khalila, based on this idea that everything is holy. But what he was told is that even though an adult maybe is not permitted to say such a statement as declaring Hashem's presence in the bathroom, and I won't even finish the sentence, but it is a peculiar thing that and now we live after the time of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and after the time of the Arizah and after the Baal Shem Tov and after 
We live after all these tzaddikim. And so maybe there's a certain sense that Hashem is everywhere, you know. And, and, and then therefore it's even more strange for us, but really to think that there's a place that there's called Machana Shechina, that Hashem's presence is here in the Mishkan, and then you go to the Machana Leviya, and there's certain people are not allowed there, and then you go to the Machana Yisrael, and, and more people are allowed there, and as if His presence is not there, as you go further away from the Makom of the Mishkan, that itself is such, a, such an unfortunate concept. The Svarno says that the whole Indian of the of the movement away from having the Bechor be in this role of the Kohen and then moving it into a specific group of Kohanim is really the, the loss of the opportunity that everybody, every house of the Jewish people should have Truma and Meiser in it, should have a Kohen in it. That the concept that the Bechor should be the one for, for, for the whole family that draws us into a feeling and a state of being connected to the Shekhinah in every family, not just in a particular shevet and within a particular niche within that shevet. And on a certain level, that's true also of the Makom HaMikdash, that v'shachanti b'socham b'soch leiv kol echad v'echad, that Hashem wanted originally that His presence should be felt in every single place. And that all of a sudden we're placed into a reality after the Chayda Egel where Hashem says, listen, you know, whatever it was that allowed us to, to think that Hashem is everywhere, that He can even be in this idolatrous thing, that we're able to point that there were certain people in the Jewish people, or at least those who attached themselves to the Jewish people, who pointed to the eagle and said, Eila Eloha Yisrael, this is, the, this is the God of Israel. It's not because they were stam worshipping Avodah Zarah, this was a very deep form of Avodah Zarah. Ad that the Kuzari so famously says, that the, the only difference, the Ramban says this also, very, very similar, but the only difference between the Egel Hazav and the Kruvim that we also read about in the Parsha is that one was commanded by Hashem and the other one wasn't commanded by Hashem. The Kruvim is two very large idolatrous statues that are in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, that are in the Holy of Holies. And the only reason that there's any difference between the two of them is that one of them is commanded and the other one is not commanded. So Mitzar Echad, the building, the construction of the Mishkan, which we're reading about, all these parshios are such a bibi evid. They seem to be something that should have been internalized instead of externalized. And so therefore we have to say, we have to say that it's true that the Mishkan that we have this Mishkan, which is being built, this Mishkan about which Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky points out, I don't think it's in this week's parish, I don't remember exactly where he says it. He says such an amazing thing about it. He says that the, all the money, all the time and the effort and the gold and the silver and the copper and the, and the dyed wolves, extravagant, beautiful, elegant tapestries that were made, the Torah tells us that the, the Mishkan is atzei shitim omnim, that tachas the underneath the sands of the Midbar, the Mishkan is still staying. They didn't bring this into Eretz Yisrael. When they got to Shiloh, they, they built a different Mishkan. There were different Mishkanos in Eretz Yisrael that were built from scratch. Again, they didn't bring this stuff in. That so much of what was built and all that was put into the effort of, of building this Mishkan, it was, it was for a few years. 
Now, what makes this even more unbelievable is that even if you assume that this was after the Chet Egel, it was before the Chet of the Meraglim, which means that all of the energy and the effort that they were putting in, and I'm explaining this so that I can, I can get to the, to the point of the Nehura that comes after the Chashucha, the Pshad is not that the Chet Egel, which is Choshech, which is darkness, leads to the construction of the Mishkan, because I just explained to you, the Mishkan is a total Bidyevet. That itself is part of the Chashucha. Rav Yaakov says that this is before the Chet, this is before the Chet of the Miragel, which means that all of this effort that was put into building the Mishkan, as far as the Jewish people were concerned, it was supposed to be, you know, a few days. It wasn't 40 years. This was not just a small, you know, this wasn't just a shul that was being built that it's always like a, a hard thing. You know, put money into, into building a shul and you say, oh, we're going to have the Bishamikdash soon, you know. Again, we're still going to have shuls, probably. They had shuls in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. They had individual shuls. <coughs> or you, you put in money into, into building a shul outside of Eretz Yisrael, and you said, we're hoping soon to be a big, beautiful mikvah, and a big new sanctuary, and a big new thing, or your house. Or, and it's like a very... We're hoping that this is going to be temporary, but we see that the Jewish people, even though they thought they were going straight into Eretz Yisrael, and to bin, build the Binyan Adeyad, to build the Beis HaMikdash, not this temporary structure, which was going to be in the meantime, they still, they gave it every fiber of their being to building this thing. And the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal, which is what we're still waiting for and we're getting closer to, every, every second, is that we should be able to have a Bishamikdash and also have the Shachati B'Sochom B'Lev Kol Echad B'Echad. There were certain tzaddikim, tzaddikim they were, they were mamish tzaddikim, who, from the place of, I don't have to speak about other tzaddikim, there are times in my life when I pacified myself, I gave myself the ability to comfort myself with the feeling of, it's okay that I'm not in the physical Eretz Yisrael, with the physical restoration of the Beis HaMikdash, and with all the physical manifestations of, of Geula. Because, after all, we have Shabbos, Mikdash Melech, Ir Malucha. We have Shabbos. We have the Arba Amos Shal, Shal, Shal Halacha, that after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, Hashem gave us the Arba Amos of Halacha, a person learns Torah. And a person is building... And especially when you learn Pnimis HaTorah, that every Jewish community, no matter where it is in the world, is a Bechin of Eretz Yisrael. And we have Tzadikim, which are Bechin of Eretz Yisrael. And when you go to the Kever of the Lubavitch Rebbe in America, it's Mamash, the heir of Eretz Yisrael. Anyone who's ever been there knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's the heir of Eretz Yisrael. And you go to, to Uman, to Rabbi Nachman. And it has the, the Avir of Eretz Yisrael. We could comfort ourselves by saying, we have, and even here in Yerushalayim, Mamash, two seconds away from the basement, we could say, we're in Yerushalayim, and there's a, there's a bechin of, of binyan b'samikdash that we're being osikin. We have to remind ourselves that this is still a chashucha that afterwards has a nahora. A Jew always has to live with this sense of, even though we have beruchnias, we're building that which Hashem wanted to give all along, which is shachati b'socham, b'soch kol echad ve'echad, b'soch, the lave of every single person, that through the revelation of deeper and deeper insights into the Torah, that we can walk around literally with the Shekhinah with us. 
that every person is able to begin through the study of Torah and through the revelation of the secrets of the Torah, that we could live with an awareness of the Shekhinah's soch lev kol echad v'yachad. But the deepest wish of Hashem, apparently, which is the very reason that Hashem did not stop the Chir Egel, but instead gave that final aspect of the Torah, like the Orachayim HaKadosh explains. Orachayim HaKadosh says that the 40 days that Moshe Rabbeinu went to be Mekabal, the Torah, are the four different parts of the Torah, Pshat, Remez, Josh, and Sod. Each of them containing a sheer coma, a full ten parts that are connected to ten spheres, that there's the there's the, each of the different parts, the ten different parts of Pshat, the ten different parts of Remez, and the ten different parts of Josh, and the ten different parts of Sod, which are a full 40-40, the whole thing. And when Hashem was going to reveal the highest on that 40th day, which for Moshe Rabbeinu was the 40th day, but for Am Yisrael was already the 41st day, which is why they worshipped the Egel, Hashem decided, he made a, a decision apparently, Kiviachol, to give Moshe Rabbeinu the deepest secrets of Torah, meaning Keser of, of Sod, the deepest secrets of Torah, rather than send him down with only 39 parts of the Torah and save the Jewish people from doing the Chir Ega. That's what Archaim Kadosh says. Meaning to say that even though Hashem has given us the possibility, through giving us Panimiya Satorah, has given us the possibility of eventually coming to a place where the Shekhinah is able to rest in the heart of every single person, still, what we want is what Hashem wants. What Hashem revealed through Chazal, all the way from the very beginning, is that Hashem wants to be down here in this world in the most nitty-gritty way. With a physical Mikdash Shlishim, with physical Eretz Yisrael. And whatever that means. I'm not enough of a scholar, and I certainly don't know politics exactly how that happens. But what we want is Oros in Kalim. We want to be we want the Besamikdash to be the way that that happens. And so when we say that there's no Nuhura, Lake Nuhura, that's not Yatsam Michashucha, that doesn't come out of darkness, the only way you could have Nuhura, the only way you could have light is if it comes out of darkness first. What that means is that there's always a level of Nuhura that's past where you are now. Whatever you're in right now, that's called darkness compared to the Nahura, which is, which is waiting. Vahafalpikin, a person has to rejoice in the possibility of darkness that they're in right now, because without that possibility of darkness, you won't be able to get Nahura. It's not possible. That's the way that it is. Speaking about the Kruvim before. There's, I think the first place I saw it was probably in Rav Chaim Shmulevitz. I'm not sure if there's, maybe there's a marsha like this. Maybe he quotes the marsha. I don't remember. Now we know that the Kruvim, on the time when the Jewish people were being marched out of Eretz Yisrael, the Beis HaMikdash was being destroyed. So the Gemara tells us that when the evil Romans came into the Beis HaMikdash, they saw that the Kruvim were we're embracing. The Kruvim were embracing, and Tito Sarasha laughed at the Jewish people. He said, this is, this is what the Jewish people have in the, in the Kodesh HaKadosh, and they have idols, you know, in, in, involved in Gilei Arayos. They were embracing Mamash in, a, in an intimate embrace. 
there's Gilaras and, and Avodah Zarah in, in, in their Kodesh Kedoshim, this is what the Jewish people are all about. That's what the Gemara says. The Mepharshim are bothered by this. I think there's a marshal like this, but I, think I saw it for some of Chayim Shalavitz. There's, um, they're bothered by the fact that the Gemara says that when the Ratzon Hashem is being fulfilled and the Kruvim are facing each other, when the Ratzon Hashem is not being fulfilled and the Kruvim are back to back with each other, and if the base of Mikdash is being destroyed, then why are the Kruvim in an intimate embrace? So the Tzadikim explain that at this moment of very great darkness, when we're about to be plunged into 2,000 years of exile, so there's a halacha, there's a halacha, it's found in Sech's Ksubis, that when a husband is about to go on a long journey, so there's a chiyav, a man has a chiyav to his wife, providing certain things in the ksuba. And so a husband has to provide his wife with moments of intimacy before he leaves on a, on a long journey. And so that intimate embrace is itself an embrace of not being able to see each other for a long time. And since then, the Jewish people, every week, by Shir Shirim, Arab Shabbos, or saying this, it's a big minhag to say Shir Shirim, or to even just say part of Shir Shirim, to say a few psukim of Shir Shirim. On the Arab Shabbos, as we're going in, because the whole Indian, the whole Indian of Shir Shirim is this love song of two people who are trying to find each other and keep missing each other. Who are stuck in that moment of darkness, waiting for the moment when light is going to be able to penetrate their relationship once again. And the beloved comes to see. And she's not ready, and then she's looking for her beloved, and, and he's not ready. And there's this feeling of continuing to miss each other, that whatever, that embrace by the Kruvim took place, that we're waiting once again to be able to have that. And so Hashem should give us the strength that we should be able to hold on until Sadiqim said that there's going to come a time when it's going to be people, I don't know if we've reached that time, when it's going to be as uncommon to be like this, tzaddikim would say, like this group of people who are sitting around here who are big, big tzaddikim, who are shomer torn mitzvos to the nth degree, it's going to be fewer than the people sitting here that are being shomer torn mitzvos to this degree, are going to be the people who are even capable of saying Shema Yisrael, Shema Kinashem Echad. And so this is an opportunity to daven, this is our weekly opportunity to daven, we daven with Nagunim, with words, without words. We always daven. We're davening for the time that Yeshua of Hashem, Yeshua Scha Kivisi Hashem, that Shem Shemayim should be shagar befinu, that the word of Hashem should be shagar in our mouths, that we're waiting Yeshua Scha Kivisi Hashem. And we're trying to hold on to that intimate embrace till the moment that the Chashucha turns into Nahomi. It should be soon.
of the menorah is made in such a way it's ma'akiv the construction but it's ma'akiv in terms of the lighting at least according to one opinion in Menachos that the the candles of the menorah should be made in such a way that they're all facing the middle candle al mul menorah we have in the parsha the construction of some of these these kalim, I always, whenever we come to Parshish Truma, I always remember the days of my youth when I was 24, 25, and I was engaged, my wife and I, my future wife at the time, and I were walking through Bed Bath and Beyond, very attracted to the Beyond section. <laughs> <laughs> and we were... Uh, and you get the gun, you get the little, you guys, you guys don't know about this, but one day you'll know about this. Or maybe not, maybe you'll be here, I don't know if they have it here. You get this gun that you scan things that you want to put on your registry. You know, you want to put on your registry that then gets on, uploaded to a website and, you know, like, buy us a, you know, a, a potato peeler or something, you know, like... <laughs> And I remember we were walking around the we were walking around the the store and Kedarka Bakodesh, my wife was interested in the thread counts of like the you know like the of the tablecloths or whatever. And and the whole time I'm you know, her feet are a little bit more on the ground and I'm like walking around thinking about Parsha Truma, 
<laughs> and how we're buying lamps and we're buying things for the table. And I remember we bought a table, which we still have in Eretz Yisrael, heaviest table in the whole world. <laughs> we bought this table from Macy's, I think. I think we bought it from Macy's. And uh, you buy a shulchan and you buy a, you buy a menorah. And walking around, you know, scanning with the gun with my eyes closed, like, you know, like, <laughs> build our little bias namun, our little mishkan. And these partials, you know, these partials are filled with that feeling of, of Amisra and Hashem being engaged and those feelings of, like, wanting to build a house together. So every kli is filled with, you know, the Ramchal wrote a whole sefer. He wasn't the only one. <coughs> where he explains the mysteries of all of the kalim and all of the different parts of the Mishkan and how, how they relate to one's Zavodos Hashem. So, the menorah, which is one of the most intricate and exquisite pieces of the entire Mishkan, had to be made out of a single piece of, of gold, Miksha'achas, Kafter Vaferach, once heard from Rav Asher Shlita, that he was explaining why he's so makbid that his svarim should be so beautiful, because he does have a very beautiful svarim. The printing is very beautiful, the covers are very beautiful. And everything about him is very regal and beautiful. And he said that the, we have a mandate from the Torah that the menorah should be kafter v'ferach. It should, be, it should have all these buttons and, and flowers on it. It has nothing to do with the avodah, just these embellishments that are on the menorah. And he said the menorah corresponds to, to Chachmas HaTorah on a certain level. Chachmas HaOlam and Chachmas HaTorah. Different ways, different b'chinas. As it relates to the Aron, it's, it's Chachmas Chitzonius, but as it relates to Chachman in general, it itself is everything going towards the middle, which I was saying before, everything going towards the center, which is the Torah. Different wisdoms of the world. And he said that the menorah is, we have a mandate, the menorah should be beautiful, so... People should make, should make sure that their svarim are beautiful. People should make sure that their svarim are beautiful. So the menorah is made in such a way that the, the candles are facing in towards the center. And there's a Torah that we've reviewed before from Rabbi Nachman and Lekut Maran, which is based really on the Zohar Kadosh. Renachman spells it out even more strong that the human face is like a menorah. You know that Chazal tell us in that horrifying and terrible kina, which we also recite not as a kina but as a pizmon on Yom Kippur of the Asara Haruge Malchus. So one of the lines that we have in that kina when it talks about hard to speak about these things about one of the holiest rabbis of the Jewish people being literally having his, his head removed from his body and how one of his colleagues comes and runs over to him and puts his face against the other one's face and he screams over and over again, Menorah HaTahora, Menorah HaTahora, the holy Menorah. And Rabbi Nachman explained based on the Zohar Kadosh the human face, the human face, 
is comprised of seven branches, just like the menorah is comprised of seven branches in the base of Mikdash. That each of the openings in a person's face, the two ears and the two eyes and the two nostrils of the nose and the mouth, correspond to the menorah. That's very easy if you just look at somebody, you could see how the ears are the most furthest out, two branches, and the two eyes are a little bit further closer in, and then the nose is even more close to each other, like the two branches. And then straight in the center, you have the, you have the mouth. You can never look at a person's face again the same way. After you have to understand the secret, the secret of the face being a menorah. I just want to say very simply, this is the first, first we're hearing of the construction of the menorah. It's really not really the place to even speak about it. There's like other parshas where we could speak about the menorah more. But, the avoda of everything in the Beis HaMikdash and the avoda of a Jew's life in their own personal Beis HaMikdash, whether we're talking about shopping around Bed Bath and beyond, or we're talking about building a community with a shul in the center, or building yeshiva, whether we're talking nationally, communally, personally, What Chazal are teaching us when they tell us that the menorah is like the face and that the face, all of the branches of the menorah, the ears, the eyes, the nose, are all facing towards the center. They all have to be facing towards the middle, which means that, at least in one conception of how, what that means is that the, the cups of the menorah are like this and they have an opening where the wick is coming out if it's, if it's to the right of the center. So then the, the wick is coming out on the left side, is facing towards the right. And the cups on the left side of center, there's a little hole where the wick is coming out facing towards, towards the right side. So that all of the neiros of the menorah are facing towards the center. And what that means on the most simple, most basic level is that because Aravodas Hashem is mamish anes, because the ability to connect to the infinite is anes, that Hashem gave us Asher Kedeshanu B'mitzvosav, that Hashem gave us the ability, like the Kajnitz Ramagat explained, what does it mean, Asher Kedeshanu B'mitzvosav? It means that when we do mitzvot Hashem, that's how we're makadish ourselves to Hashem, that's how, we, that's how we become married to Hashem. Oh, says the Kajnitz Ramagat. This is really for last year, then more than for this year, when we're learning Kedushan. Oh, says the Kajnitz Ramagat. But we're the ones who are giving the mitzvot to Hashem. And so that's like the Kala giving to the Chasm. That's not how you affect Kedushan. The Chasm has to give to the Kala. So you could say, you know, you could say, no, Hashem is, gave us the mitzvot, and that's what we're saying, but that's not what we mean. We mean, and the fulfillment of this mitzvah. So the Kajnitz Ramagat explained that there's a halacha in Hilchus Kedushin that when a kala gives an item for Kedushin to an Adam Chashuv, it's Kilu, she's getting something herself, the opportunity to give something to an Adam Chashuv is like you yourself are taking. My wife just told me this morning she went to a shir. I'll save the, the, the person some embarrassment, but she went to a shir of a very chashuv uh, lady who's a, who, who gives wonderful, beautiful shirim in our community. And she gave her a copy of, she quoted of Cook in the shir, and she took out a copy of my book, and she gave it to her. Mm-hmm. And I was so embarrassed because this is a person who's, who's a profound scholar. Uh, 
and uh, a great teacher of Torah. And on a certain level, I felt like, you know, she gave something that I made to, to her, but it felt like I was taking, you know, the fact that somebody of that stature would have their eyes on it. Same thing. I felt that same thing when I had the opportunity myself to give the Sefer to Rav Shechter. Like, I'm giving to Rav Shechter or something, you know, like. The feeling is that sometimes when you, when you give something, you're really taking. So when Am Yisrael, when we say, Asher Kedushanu Mitzvosav, it's a Kedushan. I'm giving you something, Hashem, and by doing that, the Mele comes back to me. And it's like we're married to each other in this way. It's this connection of infinite and finite in a way which is, which is mamish miraculous. Like I was saying, it's mamish miraculous. And therefore, Chazal made sure that before we do any mitzvah, the reason we make a bracha for any mitzvah is because everything has to be facing towards the mouth. In order to put one penny in the pushka, in order to put on tefillin one time, in order to learn Torah, even one Seder. In order to keep one Shabbos, the only way that we could do that is through the miraculous strength that Hashem gives us to be able to serve Him. And so, Chazal made it that every mitzvah that we do, we begin by making this declaration, and even for the losases, where we don't have a, a formalized bracha, but every day, in the Birchas HaShachar and in Davening, we ask Hashem not to bring us to Nisayon, not to bring us to Bizayon. Very simply, all of the candles that are facing the middle of the menorah means that if we want to have any chance at being able to serve Hashem properly, then everything is telling on the mouth. The Chazal say in the Gemara in Brachos elsewhere in the ninth parak, Hakol Holech Acharapeh. Everything goes after the mouth. The Gemara there is talking about dream interpretation. But as we know from Davin HaMelech, the whole exile is like a dream. And to the degree that we use our mouth to daven to Hashem and to ask us for the ability that everything we hear and everything we see and everything we smell, that every way that we interact with the world should be in a way of holiness, that we orient all of that towards the center of the mouth and we use that mouth to ask Hashem to be able to serve Him properly, so then, then we'll be able to, to, to serve Him properly. Everything is tali on, on tefillah. Everything is tali on tefillah. This is a beferish chazal. Chazal say this already. Now that we don't have the urim v'tumim, now that we don't have the urim v'tumim, and we don't have a melech, and we don't have kohanim doing the avod in the Mikdash, the only thing we have left is tefillah. So as the Medrash says. And in the same way, like the Chavetz Chaim said, and with this will end, and the Chavetz Chaim said, in the same way, that it wasn't until the Jewish people, by Yitzaku, by Yitzaku, by the first Gula, by Mitzrayim, when the Jewish people started screaming out, by Yitzaku, by Yitzaku, they started screaming out to Hashem, Mitoch, that place of Za'aka, Hashem redeemed the Jewish people, so Chavetz Chaim said that Hashem is waiting for the same thing. The final redemption is telling that za'aka and that za'aka to Hashem. The za'aka and the za'aka doesn't have to be with, with sadness or with crying out in pain. It could be also with, like Rabbi Nachman said, b'chiyah, b'chiyah b'shimcha yagilun kol ayom. I rejoice in your name all day. So with this tefillah, we ask Hashem to give us strength to be able to hang on for these last few moments.
the Rishner said that as we get to the end, it's like Yitzhar is like swinging the rope so 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 fast, and you get like you know you get like a rope burn from like uh, you know. So she was to hold on to each other. If one of us is slipping, we hold on to each other for these last few minutes before Mashiach is coming. I should be zuchah to the gula shleim of behavior very very.